Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Ongoing strain from the pandemic and increasing financial pressure related to rising inflation are causing consumers to reprioritize their health and wellness goals, and by extension, their food and beverage purchases, according to new research from the Brightfield Group. Through a combination of in-depth survey data, social listening, and expert analysis, the Brightfield Group's fourth quarter EverG research released earlier this year revealed that after nearly two years of heightened demand, consumer interest in immunity-boosting products appears to be flattening, dipping 2.7% in Q4 from the previous quarter likely reflecting a peace of mind brought by higher vaccination rates and lower cases of COVID-19. But the stress and fatigue of living on high alert during the pandemic remain and are being compounded by price increases at the grocery store, prompting increased demand for products that promote relaxation and sleep, up 15.2% and 17.1% in Q4 over Q3, according to the Brightfield Group. The research also found demand for products that support exercise and digestive health also are up 12.8% and 7.9% respectively. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Brightfield Group Managing Director Bethany Gomez walks us through these shifts and the opportunities and challenges that they're creating for functional product manufacturers. Brands showcasing in the Natural Products Expo West in Anaheim last month also share how they're evolving to meet consumer demands and seizing opportunities across categories, including in the non-alcoholic, functional water, digestive aid, kombucha, and juice segments. So understanding and predicting consumer behavior has always been an exercise in balancing dichotomies. But according to Gomez, the one-two punch of the pandemic and current economy has heightened this challenge, pushing consumers to consider purchases more carefully and seek out functional products that offer more. When you look at where consumers are, um, you know, the American consumer is today, you know, we see a lot of um, really opposing forces that are influencing their um, consumption patterns. On the one side, overall, consumers are, you know, in terms of a meta trend, are trying to be, um, you know, always be healthier and looking at more clean ingredients, more looking at kind of clean solutions, um, you know, to products, um, you know, those large meta trends towards, um, you know, things like, um, you know, plant-based or things like, um, you know, fewer chemicals, fewer additives, um, you know, more sustainable packaging. Um, these meta trends are, you know, continuing at a large scale. Consumers are increasingly becoming healthier over time. Um, you know, that influences a lot of their, um, you know, their decision making. But this, you know, the COVID has created a lot of um, distinct stressors for consumers. Um, we see that, you know, especially in our, our Q4 survey, we've seen this continue throughout the pandemic, you know, really since since its inception, but, you know, continuing compounding through Q4 2021 um, in here that stress levels um, of Americans are at an all-time high and they've been sustained at an all-time high, um, you know, given all of the, the ongoing challenges of the pandemic. And as a result, consumers are really looking for their products to give them 
um, a lot, they're looking for um, a lot more out of their products. Relaxation and stress relief are some of the top things that we saw um, really continue to boil to the, the surface um, here in terms of need states that consumers are looking for. Um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a clinical insomnia thing, but people are so stressed that they're having a hard time sleeping and they're looking for, um, you know, anything that they can to help them, you know, with those solutions. Um, and Americans are increasingly seeing, um, you know, functional food and beverages as um, ways for them to, um, you know, help with their, um, you know, help these conditions without necessarily taking a pharmaceutical or something that they consider to be more harmful. So functional food and beverage is certainly going in that need state, um, you know, based direction and relaxation and sleep are certainly things that are really boiling to the top um, for consumers. And that influences a wide variety of categories, um, you know, everything from the adaptogen-enhanced beverages to the non-alcoholic, um, you know, solutions, um, you know, non-alcoholic bev category. Now, with that being said, what's happening in the, the, the largest stressors, you know, hitting consumers right now, um, you know, are both related to, you know, issues with, you know, pandemic-related issues, but the, the other primary factor influencing, you know, consumer stress levels is, is certainly financial, right? Um, you know, inflation is at an all-time high, and that is really creating a lot of shock for consumers. Um, you know, as they look at the grocery bill. And that is influencing a lot of decision-making, you know, for consumers. And, you know, looking at ways where they can pull back on, um, you know, cut costs on certain areas to make up for the inflation that's hitting them on staples. Um, so while they can't necessarily, consumers aren't looking to deprive themselves, um, you know, of things right now, um, there's, you know, as a society, we've had so much deprivation over the last, you know, two years, um, but they are looking at, you know, areas that they can, you know, cut back on things and, you know, cut back on things that, um, that may make a, a less of a difference in their lives. And we see that, you know, in the dips of a lot of plant-based products in particular, um, you know, a lot of the, the plant-based dairy products, um, uh, the usage rates of, of plant-based products across the board, um, some of the more, um, you know, of the more expensive products, um, you know, trendy niche, um, you know, new products that are, um, you know, that are really can, can be a luxury for consumers of, um, you know, of consumers really kind of trimming back on those. We've seen those decline in um, many of those categories decline in Q4 um, in particular as, um, you know, largely as a result of, of monetary concerns. There. So, so some opposing forces going on is people are still looking to really prioritize their health and their general mindsets of continuing to evolve in, um, you know, similar directions, um, you know, but really looking for ways to be able to, to protect their wallet. According to Gomez, one of the fastest emerging categories that's balancing consumers' demand for relaxation, health, and a bit surprisingly, price sensitivity is the non-alcoholic beer and spirits segment. Those are still certainly premium products, and considering that they don't have alcohol in them, their price points are actually, um, you know, relatively high, but because they have price points that are actually somewhat comparable to their alcohol um, counterparts um, in there, they're not necessarily paying a premium versus what they would pay with alcohol, it's really kind of more of a, a, a one-to-one substitution or potentially um, a slight discount in there for a still premium product. 
Gomez also notes that the non-alcoholic beer and spirits category is checking consumers' need for relaxation by mimicking the ritual of unwinding or kicking back that's associated with alcohol, but in a better-for-you format. 54% of consumers um, report consuming less alcohol, that they're actively trying to consume less alcohol right now than they had in the past. And 45% of those consumers are um, really looking for more non-alcoholic options. And I think this is part of a larger societal trend, um, especially amongst younger generations that kind of, um, you know, passing through, you know, from Gen Zs and into the millennials and, um, you know, some of the younger Gen Xers in particular, where consumers are just rethinking their relationships with alcohol. Just the perceptions of effect are different, you know, on consumers where, I mean, you know, most consumers will consider their alcoholic drink to be something that is, um, you know, a helping them relax or something that is, is kind of a treat, if you will, um, whereas a glass of water is not necessarily a treat, right? Um, you know, a, a soda um, is not necessarily a treat. Consumers are really looking for some, some sort of a beverage, you know, to your point, that mimics the ritual um, of that and still feels like a treat, feels like they're, um, you know, it's something that is, yes, functionally helping them to relax, but also really just mimicking that ritual and the way that that um, you know, splurge or treat kind of makes them feel um, like an indulgence, right? And, you know, beverages are um, are a very ritualistic, um, you know, product, um, especially in both, um, situ- you know, both in social situations as well as in solitary ones. While demand for non-alcoholic options in recent years may have been driven by younger consumers, as Gomez noted, and those who favor the bold and creative flavors of craft options, Niall Phelan, the North American president and co-CEO of the Naked Collective, says the trend is spreading to older consumers and those who want an alternative to a basic but beloved lager. And this, he said, is where the Naked Collective's non-alcoholic so beer shines. We are uh, an unashamedly American light lager, right? We're not a craft beer. Um, I've been in beer and brewing for a long time. I've owned my own brewery, I only did crafts, been on that journey, but I grew up in Coors Light, I worked for Molson Coors, I love light lagers, and I still love some IPAs and stuff like that, but I, I like sitting in the sun, just chilling, having a light lager, not thinking too much about the beer I'm drinking, and so it felt like there was no catering to that uh, consumer, and what's interesting is this started off as a young person's trend. And it's now age is irrelevant. Everybody's moderating. And so there's a lot of Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light, Nicolas Ultra drinkers out there who want to moderate either in an evening or in a particular day. So we created our American Light Lager, 30 calories a can, which is 57% less calories than Heineken's. And then we had a, uh, my co-founder, Katrina, um, she was like, I don't really like beer. Can we do something for people who maybe like the idea of a beer but want to come in and give them something softer? So we, we made a version with grapefruit as well so that we can like cater to a few different people in that moment. Yeah. And again, it's the only non-GMO verified beer in the country. Um, and vegan, carbon neutral. The Naked Collection also offers consumers beverages beyond an alcoholic beer to foster relaxation and ease stress. The company's mood drinks contain scientifically supported amounts of active ingredients that empower consumers to control their mood from morning to night. 
our, our point of difference outside of our sort of carbon neutral status and being really clean and transparent is to, to deliver something that actually follows through on its commitment. So we offer a money back guarantee. Um, and we tried a lot of functional drinks. There's some good products. There's a lot of products that make a lot of promises that aren't really there. And, and we call it the jazz hands of the sort of food and beverage industry. So someone says there's chamomile in there, but there's about the same amount of chamomile as if you sniff the chamomile flower. So what we've done is gone, looked at all the scientific research, clinical studies, human intervention studies, to find out what that base level of like a botanical or an adaptogen needs to be to have an impact. And then we started that generation one with those levels. We're now on generation eight. And so we've been testing and, and improving the botanicals, improving the bioavailability and all that sort of stuff. And because all our drinks are brewed to make them isotonic and also because we get naturally occurring vitamins and minerals from the grains, but that acts as a great delivery system into the bloodstream. So it's about high quality, high quantity ingredients and getting them into your blood as quick as possible. And so we tell people like when you have a can of chill, after about 10 minutes you're going to want to pop up Marley. Uh, we use ashwagandha in two products, um, and we use that just because the amount of studies we found around clear minds, that's our primary reason for using it. So we try and get dual effect on our products. So, for example, in our chill product, we've also got, we've got chamomile in there, which is great for relaxing the body, but if your mind is still racing, in 10 minutes the adrenaline kicks back in and you're not relaxed anymore. So the ashwagandha is there to control the mind. Uh, and that's sort of the same across our products. We use valerian root in our sleep product. Um, we use some green tea, a specific strain with almost no caffeine in it. Um, and so there's some of our botanicals, but we also use deep ocean mineral salts from the Irish Sea. One of the oldest points in the seabed in the world. 5,000 feet down and it's an EU sustainable Communicating the functional benefits of key beverage ingredients can feel at times like walking a tightrope as companies navigate regulatory restrictions and increased consumer demand for information. The Naked Collective strikes a balance through its product names and pointing consumers to research online. So we do a lot of digital and social where we'll focus on a specific ingredient. Um, what we tend to do with something like ashwagandha is really narrow it down. So lots of benefits are in ashwagandha and lots of research behind it. We're just focused on that clarity of mind. So we'll provide scientific links to the scientific studies on our website and communicate with people through digital or social, let them come in. And if they want to go explore that, what we've done is summarized all of those studies so you can either read the Twitter 140 character summary, or if you're really looking for some bedtime reading, link through to that, you know, peer-reviewed paper and fall asleep in about five minutes. While relaxation and sleep are the fastest growing need states in Q4, according to the Brightfield Group's research, exercise is not far behind, with a 12.8% increase in demand in Q4 over Q3, and it touches 48% of Americans. Within exercise, according to the research, one of the most desired effects at 57.3% is hydration, which far surpasses demand for the more general athletic performance support at 21.8%. This is paving the way for functional and vitamin-enhanced waters like Shine Water, which the company's chief marketing officer, Ryan Kuhn, says is reimagining what hydration beverages can be by providing 100% of the daily recommended vitamin D alongside essential vitamins, electrolytes, and minerals 
without added sugar or artificial ingredients. There's a few different categories of hydration. You can break it into sports drinks, which is basically electrolytes. Electrolytes are salts, so it's basically salty water. That's, that's what a sports drink is. Then there's sort of the IV level sports hydration brand, which is like BioLite, uh, Electrolyte. Those are extremely high sodium levels. Now, those you're talking upwards of like 20 or 30 percent of your sodium intake for the day, which is really, really high for just a beverage. You shouldn't have that much sodium. And then we fall into what's nutrient-enhanced water, which is in the middle there. We offer the benefits of potassium, magnesium, calcium, and zinc. Those are all electrolytes. Those are forms of salt. So that helps in hydration. But then we add vitamins and nutrients on top of that. So a sports drink is typically going to be just your electrolytes, maybe a little bit of vitamin D, or vitamin B, excuse me. Um, and then what a, a nutrient-enhanced water is, those are brands like Propel, or body armor, or vitamin water, those sort of follow that attitude like where we hydrate plus we give you nutrients that your body may not be getting. And that can be anything from vitamin B, D, E, C, all of the vitamins and nutrients that go along with that. Sunwater is the only ready-to-drink hydration brand on the market with 100% of your vitamin D. That is sort of our key point of differentiation. 42% of the U.S. population is vitamin D deficient. That number goes even higher uh, when you get to the elderly, the very young, and communities of color because they stay out of the sunshine uh, more than any others. Or they have natural melanin in their skin, which also blocks the UVB rays, which create vitamin D. So that's where we have sort of hit the sweet spot, particularly as COVID was coming, coming into terms. Everybody was looking for immunity benefits. How do you build and, and sustain your immune system? Vitamin D became sort of that one thing that everybody agreed upon was like, yeah, you need more vitamin D. Get out in the sun. That was the one thing we kept hearing over and over again. So that's really sort of how we took off as a brand. Uh Indeed, since launching the brand at the beginning of the pandemic, Shinewater has tripled its compound annual growth rate year over year and recently signed a deal with Anheuser-Busch for national distribution. While not growing as fast as exercise, relaxation, or stress, consumer interest in digestive health is also on the rise, according to the Brightfields Group which saw interest increase 7.8% in Q4 over Q3 to touch 47% of Americans. Within the beverage space, kombucha was an early frontrunner in this area, which while maturing, Gomez says still is growing to the tune of 123% year over year, with a penetration of 7%, mainly for its digestive health benefits, which 65% of Americans seek from the category. It's pretty ubiquitous. You can find it, um, you know, just about anywhere. Um, and you see these products, you know, pretty well distributed price points starting to you know, get into some of those economies of scale, um, you know, as well. Um, and it's really kind of past its peak, um, you know, in there, but um, we do still continue to see growth. So there is, um, you know, strong continued growth when we look at, um, you know, the overall um, um, Sharon, we saw um, about 7% of consumers um, you know, had reported purchasing kombucha in the last three months. Uh, now, this is down a little bit, um, you know, in their overall kind of year over year, it's continuing to grow. Um, uh, the last quarter, it was down a little bit um, in here, but it's, um, it's certainly um, kind of in that more mainstream stable stage as a trend. Um, not kind of that skyrocketed next bank thing. Given kombucha's maturing status in the adoption cycle and the sheer number of players in the space, new and established stakeholders need to differentiate themselves in order to capture consumers' attention, and they need to deliver on their promises to keep shoppers coming back. 
Relative newcomer The Boo Kombucha checks both of these boxes by offering a line of organic raw kombuchas and sparkling probiotic water, both of which food safety specialist and food scientist Andres Kuman says are refreshing and have the science to back up their functional claims. We, uh, we create two main like product lines. The first one's a, a raw organic kombucha um, and with two billion probiotics per can. And one of the unique things about two unique things about the kombucha, we don't add any juice to our kombuchas. So all the flavors come from the tea and any sort of botanicals that we ferment. So it's really fermented flavors. Uh, for example, for our tropical, we use hibiscus flowers, organic hibiscus flowers to color. And for the flavors, the fermented, so the, the fermented flavors out of those flowers. For example, our lavender, we use fresh lavender petals and organic Earl Grey tea to sort of generate all that flavor. And it's actually really interesting because like, we feel like the fermented flavors are a lot more complex and more interesting flavors compared to just adding juice at the end of the product, as product, the product process. Um, so yeah, so we have organic raw kombucha and then also for our, our new sparkling probiotic water line, um, 2 billion probiotics per, um, per can and it's an antioxidant um, vitamin C, half your daily dose for the day. And uh, there's also zero sugar as well. So, um, so just super, um, super high quality ingredients. Um, made a, we have our own facility, so it's all very like artisanal and really, really handmade. So like, you know, we're, we're, we're not really at the point yet where we're like super, you know, um, not industrialized, but you know, like for example, we steep these, we steep our tea and like you know these big five, ten pound tea bags we made ourselves and, you know, we reuse them. So it's, it's, uh, it's a very, uh, it is sort of a, a handmade process. We're, like, our, our main appeal really has always been um, to kombucha drinkers um, who, you know, prefer, who want their probiotic benefit of kombucha in like a drink and a healthy organic Low, relatively low sugar drink compared to like say soda but right maybe just, maybe they don't like the very very acidic nature and that's one of the main things that we're sort of always trying to sort of lean towards um, is our probiotic our probiotic kombuchas they're heavy in a lactic acid bacteria and lactic acids um, compared to a lot of other kombucha companies which are a little bit heavier and you can taste it in the acetic acid nature and they take out your profile. So that's really we're looking for like kombucha drinkers who maybe don't like really really strong kombucha but they want a healthy, organic, natural drink that, you know, they can, they can open up and drink really at any time during the day. The company also stands out among some of its peers by ensuring that consumers are getting the benefits they expect when they see a probiotic claim. For the kombuchas, um, obviously we have our naturally occurring probiotics. We don't pasteurize or remove any of the probiotics. Um, so that's you have the naturally occurring probiotics in the kombucha. We also add a, um, a bacillus coagulans to the kombucha just so we can make certain claims on the label. Um, for the waters, though, those are bacillus coagulans. We add the, we add the probiotics in terms of every month um, we send our kombuchas out for probiotic testing and season. basically we've tried around five to ten different strains we found that the bacillus coagulans holds up the best and obviously do a lot of the the scientific research that we've looked and obviously in different type of papers there's a lot a lot of a lot of it's supposed to be a little bit murky uh, but we found that we felt like personally that the bacillus coagulans one holds up best over time uh, because it's in spore form and we seem confident that the spores germinate in your body due to like obviously the studies that we've, we've, we've been reading. So, so that's really the, the really the main idea was we wanted to make sure one that 
the customers are getting what they're paying for, and two, right, that, you know, to the best of our ability, that these probiotics are making a difference in your body. And so that's really, those are the two main questions that we, we try and assess every month. So. Another new player in the U.S. digestive health beverage category is Scrubber, made by Genesis USA, which company R&D expert Scott LaFortune said is designed to compete in the kombucha category, but which offers more than just probiotics. We're, we're a new product here to the U.S. We're, we're just, you know, this is our unofficial launch, and uh, you know, we're very excited. Uh, what we have is, is a high fiber content, a uh, combination of uh, 15 grams daily multi-fiber uh, from soluble and insoluble sources. Um, we've also got prebiotics and probiotics. And so, you know, we're, we're looking at a, a fully functional digestive uh, aid uh, uh, beverage to compete in the, in the kombucha space. Uh, the name Scrubber is, is playfully to, to help scrub your gut, to, to scrub you out, replenish you with, with healthy probiotics, and um, provides a, a feeling of, of fullness, wellness, um, and it acts as a digestive aid. 53% of daily fiber, it gives you exactly what the average American is missing every day. The average American gets 14.5 grams of fiber a day, and we're trying to make up the difference of, of with what's recommended. We're, we're using three different fiber sources. We have soy, a citrus fiber, and a corn-based fiber. Uh, uh, you can see you know, quite a bit of, of sediment at the end. You know, I, I equate it to like actually seeing whole grain or whole wheat bread as compared to, to white bread. You can actually see, you know, the, the scrubbing fibers inside, and it's something that we're, we're trying to call out here. But it still has a nice, smooth consistency when you, when you drink. It just needs to be shaken prior to drinking. Uh, so it's, it's the consistency of, like, an orange juice or something, um, you know, on the, on the palate. There is no grit or tickle, and it's something we actually, we actually delayed our launch here by a couple years to work on grit and, and some of the tickle that we had previously. We did user testing, focus groups, and we, we really worked on the fibers, you know, to get the, you know, we actually worked on, on the particle sizes of our fibers and everything just to give it a nice, like, lemonade or orange juice consistency going down. So, um, you know, we it's been a hit with users. Uh, about we, we heavily tested kombucha users. About 80% of kombucha users preferred our, our beverage. Um, and so just be based on taste and, and you know, all the... Efficacy, and so you know we're excited to get it on the market. These are just a few examples of the innovative brands that are rising to help meet new consumer challenges. And while saturation and competition vary by category, and scaling can be a challenge, Gomez notes that there are limited barriers to entry, and with the right insights and innovation, the potential is significant. To learn more about what consumers want from functional beverages and where there's room to improve market offerings, check out Brightfield Group's Evergy platform and insights at evergi.com. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you enjoyed this installment and will join me again for another episode next week. And to make sure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.